Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, joined today by Lisa Murphy. Hello. Who I almost always, almost introduce as Lisa Griffin Murphy, because that's who you are <laughs> on Facebook, and Lisa Effin Murphy is who you are in my phone. <laughs> so there's there's part of my brain that always wants to stick something else in there. So if you I know, pause I'll, I'll tell you a, a silly story about that. Uh, after the divorce when I was kind of dang randomly, you know, not randomly, but you know what I mean? Yes, I I do. (laughs) I I chose, I picked one. But anyway, um, (laughs) one of the guys I think was trying to super impress me and we went out to dinner and I found out that the reservation he had made it under was was Welcome Back Road Warrior Princess Lisa fucking Murphy. Like that's (laughs) how he made the dinner reservation. (laughs) Which which I, I... Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Sure, he um, points but for that. He, he didn't last very long. But anyway, that's a different yeah. workshop. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll podcast about our We can talk about No, we can't talk about him. Okay. I think that's the one I needed a restraining order on. So that's oh, all. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. So anyway, <laughs> we're here to talk about early childhood. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to talk about one of my favorite books ever, ever. And I, I bring it up in podcasts all the time. It's a quote from Emily Plank's Discovering the Culture of Childhood, um, which I usually say everyone who ever shares space with a child in any context should read this book. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll up the ante. I read it uh, first in uh, 2016. I had just uh, had the fortunate opportunity to meet her um, at the PLI conference, the NAAC PLI conference. Um, and I wrote a book report pretty much immediately on it and said that every single child care center needed to be shut down yeah. and was not allowed to reopen until everybody who was going to be a part of them right. uh, had read this book. So you and I, I know, are 100% on the same page in regard to the sentiment behind this whole book. Right, right. And it just, I don't know, it's, it presents... And I don't see that. I mean, I got to, I'm interrupting you. Yeah, Sorry. Um, I mean that without any, like like being snarky or tongue in cheek, like, Absolutely. like if I had my way, you would mm-hmm. not be allowed to work with children until you have, have read this and processed mm-hmm. it with somebody and maybe then made some other alternate career choices. Because <laughs> I think after this book was mandatory reading. Um, I, it would definitely weed out people who have no business being in this mm-hmm. profession for sure. And that's yeah. a testament and a nod to, to Emily Plank for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it's, you know, it sounds you know, it's funny and it sounds exaggerated, but I'm a hundred percent sincere. I think even if, if your only contact with children is that sometimes they're in line behind you at the grocery store, you should still read this book. That's a great (laughs) point. That is awesome. Okay. So here's our starting quote, and then we'll probably jump around to some other pieces, but to start with, um, mislabeling children's actions because of our own misunderstandings carries waiting repercussions. And as we learn to view childhood as a separate culture, we will also develop a new language to more accurately describe the behaviors we see. Um, 
You want to give it context? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking above and, and she's talking about things like, um, well, the, one of the examples she uses is we use adult language to describe the personalities of children. We claim they're flirtatious or bossy or mean or naughty or bullies. Um, and it's, it's not, what does she say? Our adult attention is not to malign young children or their behavior. Although sometimes it is. Um, we sim- that was me. That wasn't Emily. <laughs> the, the funny voice was me. <laughs> um, we simply lack the ability to view and appreciate childhood as a separate culture. Yeah. And that's, I think that's such a, a more powerful way of talking about developmentally appropriate practice and taking the that child's a view and being child-led. Culture, a whole different lens that really worked. I mean, it was one of the few times that lens as a buzzword actually <laughs> felt authentic uh-huh. to me. Um, and I actually used that, the idea of a separate lens and child lens and an adult lens in uh, the conference I did up in Labrador City a couple weeks ago. And, and a woman, I'll, 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 I mean, I'm not calling her out, but she, at the end of the conference, she was like, that is one of the most powerful like moments. She's like, I, I, I never, ever, ever stopped to think about the fact that, you know, they're not maybe hitting to be mean and, and rude and, and horrible, but they might be just wanting to know what the person feels like, or they're mm-hmm. just wanting to low. She's like, I never, ever thought of it that way. And I don't know. I just, it made me feel good that a nugget that you pop out there, you, the, all the kids in that program might be having a better week simply by one little that, mind shift. That one adjust. little shift. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, uh, that, Tiffany and I just recorded actually, and we're talking about toddlers. And that's one of the things that came up um, is that, you know, for, for, for toddlers, especially one-year-olds, especially, I would say um, the other children in the room are objects to be explored. And until we stop and, and realize that they just have a different way of being than we do, we won't be able to understand and accept and support and, and give them what they really need. Um, so it's a weighty responsibility. And she, as she said, there are weighty repercussions for not doing it. Um, well, cause we have a, a moral, I think, reaction often right. to that. In fact, your comment about the toddler reminds me I was attending a workshop one time and the presenter said that sometimes a bite is just a kiss gone wrong. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that is such an awesome way of pointing that out. You know, yeah. they weren't looking to hurt anybody. I, mo- I was moving in and I slipped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had someone ask me um, uh, a long time ago, her her two-year-old was, was like biting her when they were cuddling before bedtime, and she wanted to know how to stop it, and, and so I was like, well, first let's talk about perspective and what we think what we think is happening, because it sounds like what you think is that she is being mean and uh, trying to hurt you, and I think about, you know, how as adults we joke that... You know, this little kitten is so cute. I just want to squish him. And, but we have the self-control not to do that. Right, um, right. I just so, want to eat him up. Yeah, so it's the same thing. And we say that to kids all the time. And then we get annoyed when they bite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, so, you know, to that, we're getting off topic, yeah. but I got to say it. So um, I, I had to explain one time, not had to, I explained, I thought what I was saying was obvious, but the room full of mamas was like, oh, <laughs> my God. 
they were, they were casually talking amongst themselves at a playgroup about how come kids always freak out when you take them to get their first haircut. And I'm like, you've been telling them since then to be careful because the, the scissors and the knives are going to cut you and you're going to bleed and you're going to get hurt. And then uh-huh. you say, you're going to bring it to the haircut place and we're going to cut your hair. <laughs> of course they're screaming. Yes. I think it's yes. going to be painful. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's not, that's not off topic. That's, a, that's another good example but... of if we think about the ways children are different from us as being a cultural difference. Um, you know, the, the example that she used early in the introduction was traveling to Germany as an American. She was not, um, she was not a German. She was an American trying to speak German and trying to do things in German ways. And it was difficult for her, but she, but she knew that. So she wasn't blaming the Germans for (laughs) not being American enough because she understood. But I think I think sometimes we do. I mean, and I see that a lot in my travels internationally, you know, and I, Uh I, Thank God sometimes that for whatever reason, unless I open my mouth, people don't think I'm American. I don't know why. (laughs) But, I mean, there have been times, I'm not going to lie to you, that I have appreciated the fact that, you know, the the Mm -hmm. Americans that were obvious Americans. And I I mean, I really thought that was a stereotype until I started traveling. And I'm looking around and I'm like getting embarrassed for the people that I see because they're expecting people in an entirely different culture Mm -hmm. to be American. Uh And... And, and I just, it just boggles my mind. Like, why would you assume that? And apparently um, that is a stereotype for, unfortunately. For a reason. Yeah. 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 Which, which again, carries over to early childhood <laughs> because we can, we can see the adults who aren't able to, to understand that they are in the child's culture and therefore they must do some adjusting. Instead, yes. we get annoyed that they aren't assimilating to us or already like us or um, any, any difference is seen as a deficit because they're not adult enough. And- yes. I've been, and actually while you've been talking, I've been trying to find that particular quote where she talks specifically to that is that children are not just, you know, small adults that uh-huh. adult enough. And I, I'm, of course I can't find it right this second, but it's in that initial, that initial, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, keep making growling noises. That's yes, good pod. That's that's good pod, right? <laughs> Just as I assume Germans were somehow Americans yeah. a different language, so do adults often assume children are many versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, not only, I mean, of course it's a disservice to children, and of course it's not fair to them, but also it makes our job so much harder than it needs to be and so much more stressful um, to constantly be feeling like, uh, nothing's going right and blaming somebody else instead of looking at yourself and saying, well, what shift, what shift could I make that might make this run a little bit more smoothly? And and pause there for a second. I mean, and think about how much more calm and relaxed most childcare environments would be if, if, if people stopped trying or no, if people stopped expecting children to act like adults mm-hmm. and, and and even pointing out sometimes I, I would even say right now the inconsistency between because if you probably did a random poll of everybody working with kids they would admit they would say oh no I understand that they're children and children right. don't need to be children and have the opportunity to be children but yet their behaviors probably um 
you know, I, I think there's potential for a disconnect once again between what we think we're doing and what we think we believe in, but our behavior actually doesn't follow follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. So I think something as simple as um, sort of developing the habit of of pausing before acting and just doing a simple, what do I think is happening here? Yeah. And, and, um, which, which is difficult. I know that that's difficult to do in the moment when you've got, you know, five toddlers that all want lunch at the same time and it's not here yet. (laughs) So you're trying to, to keep them calm or whatever the situation might be. Um, 24, three-year-olds that you're trying to get inside, um, <clears throat> who aren't ready to come inside, all those things that we go but see, through look, every day. Already, I'm already going to pause you and go four decisions yeah. back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and now you're dealing with something that essentially, if you want to be direct, that you caused. Right. You know, if you just stayed outside, this wouldn't even be an issue. <laughs> right? I mean, really. Right. I mean, And well, so I'm that's where it. we're frustrated because they're not coming to the door when we tell them it's time to go in. If we pause and say, what is happening here? Then maybe that's where we eventually have trained ourselves to get to is, oh, well, do I really have to go in right now? Because mm-hmm. this, this is what's causing the inconvenience, not the defiance of the children. It's exactly. childhood. <laughs> it's the culture of childhood that is causing this moment and how I responded to the culture of childhood that's causing this moment to be what it is. And I think that would change so much. Oh, hell yeah. If, if we were really, if we were really open and willing to do that with ourselves. I think, uh, uh, even, even a basic superficial understanding of Planck's message could have a a ripple effect that would open many more doors. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, um, I think a, a, a blend of asking myself what is the worst possible thing that's going to happen right now and filtering through this particular lens would lead to so much more, I think, relaxate, relaxed uh-huh. environments. Mm-hmm. Which benefits you know? everybody. Absolutely everybody. <laughs> and, and it's almost this weird, and I don't know if we've talked about this before or if it's just been a brain fart in my head for a while, but sometimes I think the people in this profession, and myself, I, I'm guilty of this occasionally, of, of being almost addicted to that kind of frantic, panicky, you know, it's always got to be so busy or, I, or I'm not doing anything. Like, yeah. like we're not comfortable with the fact that our job really could be, for the most part, kind of m- mellow. Yeah. And that, that, do you think it's on. possible? Well, do you think it's possible that that stems from this idea that um, teaching is the hardest job and the most important job and... Um, and so if it doesn't feel difficult, it must not be important. Do you know what I mean? Perhaps, perhaps, or, or I might not be doing it right because I, I'm not feeling that stress. So I think sometimes we'll create yeah. that kind of energy. Cause then I feel that I can manage it. Like if that's what I be, if that's what I figured out that I'm good at, I'm going to constantly, whether I realize it or not, I'm going to be making fires all day. <laughs> I only feel productive when I'm putting out a fire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh, that's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to go through your day. Ooh. And I'm not saying that critically. I'm saying that in a way like, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, how often am I creating a, 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 a problem in the environment because simply by fixing it or giving it my attention, then I feel like I'm doing something. Right. I think it more right. goes back to that. I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, I think you have to have... How do I want to say this? I think an adult who can uh, truly follow the children and can look at what's happening and see 
the development and the learning and um, the competence of the children outside of your influence, maybe even. I think those are the ones with the deepest understanding of the work, if that if that makes sense. Um, and it looks like you're doing less, but actually you're doing more. More. That you're, sort of didn't make as much sense, by, but you're doing more by doing less. Yeah, yeah. Like um, just that that's that's so rewarding to me to be able to sit back and watch the children and 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 it's ego. I talk about teacher ego all the time. Mine just gets fed a little bit differently if I can be watching a group of children play and see the learning that's happening and understand that it's you know partially because of me stepping back um, sure. and I can take a little bit of credit for that and and pat myself on the back for being able to recognize what's happening yeah um, yeah 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 there's so there's that. it's just a different it's a whole different way of going through your time so if uh, uh, this is gonna be a little little comic relief here, um, if, if you and I had ever been co-teachers, people would have thought we were the most lazy ass team because I'd be over there, you'd be over there. <laughs> I just I, patting I, ourselves on the back and watching the children. Well, I think even before I knew better, you know yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. or, or, or quickly after I started changing my mind, because I never want to sound like I, you know, was on some kind of fast track of knowing better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I sat in that muck and mire for for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. However, I think one of the biggest launches of getting me out of it was having that mentored and modeled to me was that step back. And some of it was the acting training growing up with is that, you know, watching and observing and, and guide on the side, not the sage on the stage, uh-huh. you know, that, that, that observation piece, I think allowed me to really get in the head of Emily when she was reading this, because I think she, she articulated so well, what I have always felt I had in my gut uh-huh. when it came to working with children. And I realized too, I'll, you know, that is a sure. little patty on the backy, um, but I, I will own that mm-hmm. because that is what I think. I, I And I've said this to you before on your podcast. I, I've never considered myself a good teacher. I consider myself somebody who sets up the environments. And then you added, and we talked about that, added that relationship element yes. to it as well. Um, but I just, like it, it makes, I read that book and I was like, this makes so much sense <laughs> to yeah. me. Thank you for saying so eloquently, you know, what I just, I try and open my heart, you know, and like, you know, bleh, you know, like <laughs> arf it all out. Like this is, this is what I'm trying to explain of, of what to do that you don't need to be so stressed that, and, and I think I'm on a kick right now too. I've been watching a lot of, um, Adventure Playground videos and, and old film reels, you know, and watching, I watched The Land the other day. Um, I, I just, it's, it's like it in action. It's it in action. <laughs> Yet if you paused and asked any of those play workers, you know, translate for me what I'm seeing here. Like, let's pretend for a minute I don't know anything. Uh-huh. They are smack. They're like the mayors of the culture uh-huh. of childhood, right? They are the they are the 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 mayor. They're the superintendent, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> They're the guardian, the gatekeeper, yeah. and they can get right in there. Well, at the same time, it's like they're able to navigate both. Uh-huh. Because I think I think some people will end up sacrificing their ability to interact and interface with adults because they're so immersed in a child 
culture lens. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Like, I, I think there's a there's a talent and a skill to being able to navigate both. Right. You can't. I, you know, too many. So many. A lot of people are just in the adult side, and I think some people kind of leap full board into the kid side, uh-huh. and and I think you got to find a middle ground. Yeah, I definitely would fall on the um, kid side of things. In the then I have to really. My major shifting is to go back to interacting with the adults. With the adults. (laughs) Or or making them feel welcome in the same space that the children Mm -hmm. are welcome in. That's always been sort of difficult Sometimes you're good at that, though, because you're able to articulate in the language, Mm -hmm. what what is this adult, how do I need to, to, what do I need to call what's unfolding for this adult to be prompted to see it with that Uh stretched lens? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Sorry. I was processing it all. No, that was, that was great. I just, I, I, I'm trying to decide if this is anything new to say it, but it's, it's, it's not, I just am really, I want to, I need to go back and read the book again. Um, It's been a couple of years since I read it and I've skimmed it since then. Um, One of the things I love about my Kindle is I can hit that little notes icon and it just shows me everything I've highlighted and I can just kind of scroll back through all my highlights. Most of my um, index cards. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, but uh, I actually bought a hard copy too, and my next reading is going to be the hard copy because for some reason that makes it different for me. But um, but it, it's just such an interesting way to, to think about this. And, and maybe it's a way to get some people who are more resistant to hearing the language we typically use, like child-led and play-based and developmentally appropriate practice, um, maybe just changing the language of that conversation takes it deeper and makes it easier for some people to to say, oh, okay, maybe that is something I need to consider. Meaning that those, like some of what we would call our buzzwords, yeah. uh, uh, fall under the umbrella of, like they would fall under and over, like the culture of childhood. And then these are words that are often associated with this bigger thing. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, or kind of. And, but I, and I think just the nature of buzzwords sometimes is to turn people off of the message for, mm. for me, definitely. Um, but I, and, and, you know, I just know that there are people who don't really understand what developmentally appropriate practice means, even though they hear it and maybe use it. Um so, so well, just changing the language that. changes the context, changes the conversation. Um, there's new analogies. Are you saying, are you, uh, I'm going to push you. Yeah. Does that mean that you, are, are you proposing slightly to potentially abandon some of our buzzwords and instead start using a, lang- a word like the lens of childhood? As- um, yeah, I think I am. I didn't know it, but yeah, I think I am. Um, I think anytime we get stuck in shorthand, instead of saying what we really mean, there is a risk of a disconnect um, or not ever making the connection. Um, Or or almost selecting bits and pieces that you want to be uh aligned with and and leaving out maybe the the more tricky, hard ones for you individually. Yeah. and, And I just think the nature of humanity is to divide ourselves into groups. And um, too often, language is the keeper of the boundaries or the, I agree. the gate. I, yeah. um, so maybe just changing. I mean, I think about like, you know, if I say, let's stop 
saying inside voices. And if we need them to be quieter, let's just say, I need you guys to be quieter for a minute. Um, or, um, you know, you can't just say, use your words to children who are in conflict. We have to really model some words and give them yeah. some words. And um, so maybe we need to do the same thing with ourselves professionally and just start saying what we mean instead of using catchphrases and buzzwords. It, I think it keeps it cute sometimes too. Yes. Yeah. It keeps it in that nice zone, which I've, I've said for years, we need to bust out of that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be pretty and nice and, you know, friends. We're not all friends here. Friends. Oh my God. That's the other one that gets on my nerves. Ugh. What did Dan say one time, honey? Somebody called a kid honey and he said somebody like, honey, honey's in a pot or something. The like kid that. said that. <laughs> Dan was like kind of redirecting the adult who was, oh, so uh-huh. the, you know, honey, come here, honey. And he said something like honey's, honey's in, in a, a pot. <laughs> of course he did. Oh, my word. See, and that's one of that's one of the brilliances of Dan is calling out that kind of language garbage. What that the hell? Because you can buy what a shirt now. I know. They're so great. The, he what sells the hell? Dan what Hodgins the hell? shirt. But it's true. Yeah. I'm, and 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 I think as we get as we get older, we get more comfortable with calling people out. <laughs> um even if we don't know them, like I have sure. a, I have a, a short group of people that I can feel I can be like, that's bullshit. <laughs> um, it's like easy in, to do on a podcast. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's, it is a little yeah. easier. Yeah. And, you know, because if people don't like it, they can, you know, either turn it off or never listen again. And, yeah. and I, I, I think we're gentle in it. I mean, I, I don't think yeah. we ever lead anybody to think that we're somehow exempt from the same kind of self-investigation. I sometimes think that the reason that I'm able to be this direct is because I'm constantly engaged in it myself, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, keeping absolutely. my check checked and balanced and, 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 you know, I'm like, it's even, even right now. So I have a couple weeks with no gigs at all. And typically when that happens in the summertime, I give myself pause and mm-hmm. let myself kind of go back and, reread the handouts and reread what I'm calling my mission statement. And, and, and is this really still what we believe in? What needs to be added to the message? Has anything been debunked that we need to, you know, <laughs> yep. like get rid of that. <laughs> That's not true anymore. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, was there a fact that I was spouting off all the time that needs to be checked to make sure it's still, you know, it's still valid. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think because I hold myself accountable to that level, I feel that I have every right to hold everybody else in the field right. that accountable. Right. And I do think that that makes a big difference because it, 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 it can't, it can't not affect your delivery of the information then and your interactions with the people that you're talking to, because you know that about yourself. You're, we're very, I, th- I, I try to be too very transparent about our own journeys, things we've changed our minds about. Um, so I don't, I mean, when I read the culture of childhood book too, it was at this point in my career, it was mostly like, oh yes, thank you for giving language to things that have sort of been instinctively rattling around in my, in my head. Um, but had I read this 20 years ago, it would have been so, I, it would have been mind blowing in a completely different way because I was Mm -hmm. in a different spot. So, um, so I think it's. I don't know. Maybe this is just a big commercial for the book this whole episode, but but I do believe that. I believe that everyone should read it, um, and that it will be mind blowing in one way or another, depending on where you are. And 
And and to speak to that growth element, I can always tell. I, I try and use a different color highlighter every time I read the book so I can kind of track where I was uh-huh. when I read each one. And what I'm finding with this one is there's a lot of overlap uh-huh. of, because I just reread it the, the second time. Um, so that's why I got a little excited when you're yeah. like, hey, let's do some Emily Plank. I'm like, oh, it's fresh in my head. Um, so I, I always find it interesting when I'm overlapping the same thing. Like, okay, so that that must be a key element. But then this time around, there was a bunch of new stuff that I was like, ooh, you know, so what... Now, now it's been three years since I've read it, yeah. you know, but uh, that that was intriguing to yeah. me as well. Yeah, you know, what- I fully expect there to be things that I missed the first time because I was so excited about this paragraph that I completely skimmed this paragraph. And exactly. I'm excited yeah. to read it again. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I really loved it. I, 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 and I told Heather, actually, listeners, listeners, <laughs> I told Heather before we got started, I wrote, I wrote Emily a, a letter and I, I put it to her Facebook because it was so, it was so awesome. Yeah. I actually, oh, Heather, hold on, check it out. I forgot about this. Here's the letter. Yeah. I said, or maybe this is what I wrote to myself. I can't help but kick myself for not having read this as soon as Heather put it on my radar. That oh. must <laughs> As my meeting with you would have been put much to much better use, meaning I would have kidnapped you for coffee because I would have already had a point of conversation entry. <laughs> Oh, how awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I, I read it, as I told you before we started recording, on the plane on the way home from Uncon, and Uncon was such a crazy experience for me that, like, my brain was just in such a, it was, it was ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you were primed. I was, was primed. Primed, <laughs> primed and pumped and ready for Emily Blank. Oh, God. I think we That's should stop hilarious. Now. We're fangirling over Emily. I know. Oh, well. Definitely have to let her know. I'm let me I'm skipping through here right now just to see um just that I just love that idea of the lens and we even the the different the the lens of of, of pausing just like you said mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to just sit there and be like, okay, as an adult, this is how I'm interpreting this. Right. But what might this three-year-old be thinking about? And and the element that I'm going to add to that is is that unless somebody is about to to honestly get hurt, yeah. you have no excuse, none at all, for not taking that pause. That's right. None at all. Yep. None at all. So be, do what you need to do to become comfortable with that pause, because that pause will actually prompt you, whether you've read this book or not. Sure. Starting to pause will prompt you into a deeper understanding of your practice. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Even I guarantee- if you're just, why am I thinking, okay, why am I feeling this way right now? Mm-hmm. Or labeling your feeling in that pause. What is this right now? Um, am, am I angry at this two-year-old? Because <laughs> you, even just pausing, you'd be like, that's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> This yeah. baby is not trying to make me mad. Exactly. By pooping her diaper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So so if if nothing else, practice some pausing, but also read the book. <laughs> Pause will propel your practice. Ooh, maybe we have a new ooh, pausing will propel your practice. You Say that. Write that down. I better. You need a new I pause write it t-shirt. And mail it to myself so you don't steal it. No. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yep. All right. 
even on our ECE live chat that we had a couple Wednesdays ago, just to, and I, we don't need to go into it. Yeah. I mean, it's no big deal. Um, but it's a, another example just to reiterate that you know, if a kid if if a kid says something like poop or penis yes. during during the song that you're singing, but you opened it up for kid input yeah. for us then to react as an adult versus an adult who sees that of course saying penis when you're four is hilarious, hilarious right? <laughs> just another example yes yep for sure yeah. all right i think we're done well thanks i <laughs> re read this book clearly there's, this there's was a conclusion. <laughs> i love how you said a commercial <laughs> right there's going to be no no uh proper closure on this one i that's think that's right it's right done yeah. read and, the book and i guess we should be clear we get we get nothing from emily, we get nothing from emily. <laughs> <laughs> this is just genuine fan 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 stuff. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me again. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on.